the mountains, to the prairies, to the ocean, why we fall. God bless America, my home sweet morning. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, isn't it? It's a privilege to be in his presence this morning. And uh, I would like to have um, done something this morning to be in line with Veterans Day, but I couldn't seem to get this other off my mind. Mark chapter 10, if you want to turn Mark chapter 10. I just tell you, it's not easy being up here, okay? If I had my choice, if, if I didn't think it was the Lord's will and my pastor hadn't asked me, I wouldn't be up here, okay? Um, I'd rather be sitting back there listening to somebody else than to be up here. So if the Lord doesn't help us this morning, we're in pitiful shape. We're going to be in trouble if God doesn't help us, but I trust that he'll help us this morning. Mark chapter 10, my title this morning is, in Jesus' arms, in Jesus' arms, I hope I can get my point across to you. Mark chapter 10, verse 13, very familiar scriptures this morning. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. So that's where I get my title this morning, In Jesus' Arms. Now this scene here is very familiar to us here in verse 16. It's one of the most precious and tender pictures of Jesus. In fact, it's one of the, the most frequent frequent portrayals of Jesus that we see. I'm sure you have seen the pictures of Jesus maybe sitting on a rock or sitting in the grass and the, the children, the infants are, are in his arms and they're all gathered around him listening to them. But, but in these verses, there's more than just children in the arms of Jesus. In these few verses, we see soft, tender touches of the master. We see rebukes. We see displeasure. But we, we also receive some of the most valuable theology that Jesus can deliver to us. So I want to look in detail in these few verses here. So some of these parents bring their children to Jesus so that he can touch them. The Gospel of Matthew relates it and says it this way, that he may lay his hands on them and pray for them. So these parents bring their children to Jesus and they are looking for a blessing for their children. Apparently, these parents had heard of the fame of Jesus. They had heard about his gentleness and his tenderness, and, or else they would not have dared to bring them to Jesus. 
But somehow they heard the stories. They'd learned about the ministry of Jesus. They had learned about the healing touch of Jesus. They had learned about his deliverance. And so they decided to bring their children to Jesus. And all they wanted was Jesus just touch them. Just lay your hand on them and bless them. Now we as Christians do similar things. Uh, Many times or most of the time we as Christians, we bring our children and we dedicate them as infants to God. But you have your children also in the church of God this morning. In the house of God, you probably just sent your children to Sunday school because we want them to be in the presence of Jesus. We read them stories about Jesus. We teach them about Jesus. We even bring this story up and show them that Jesus cares about them even as little children, even where they are. But it seems like in the society that we live in, we are so far removed from this scene that is given to us here in Mark chapter 10. Instead of wanting to bless our children, we murder about 18% of them before they're even born. Instead of wanting to bring our children and present them to to a man of God that they would be blessed or to, to the God of the universe. I was reading this morning, and as I read, it said that there are about 4 million people worldwide who fall victim to human trafficking. And they estimate that about 50% of them are children. About 50% of them are children. I don't know if you've seen the signs up and down the interstate in Virginia, but human trafficking, in particular, child trafficking, is on the rise in Virginia. In Virginia. It seems that our society is so far removed that we, from this scene that we see here. Child abuse and neglect is also in the rise all over the U.S., Psychology Today reported that 23 out of 1,000 babies will suffer child maltreatment. 23 out of 1,000. So these, these statistics were so disturbing that I debated as to whether to use them or not this morning. But my point is, our society is so remo- far removed from God that it shows up in the way we treat our children It shows up in the way that we value our own pleasure, we value our own comfort, we value our own convenience over our children. I would have never thought that I would have heard the Virginia governor say that he can see one day in the future a mama delivering a baby and we'll keep it comfortable until she decides whether she wants to keep it or not. I would have never believed that. But that's the report. That's what was said from our governor. But that's certainly not the feeling of these parents here. That's certainly not the feelings of Jesus here. These parents here, they wanted their children to flourish. And they wanted them to be blessed. They wanted them to be prayed over. And that's why they sought out Jesus. And they were bringing their children to Jesus. Now, of course, the story goes that the disciples attempted to prevent the children from getting to Jesus. Now, there's much speculation as to why the disciples would rebuke them. And maybe it was because that the disciples were feeling a bit arrogant, maybe feeling a little bit haughty and self-sufficient, and they considered these children as being in the way or interfering with the more important things that Jesus had to do. Maybe they rebuked those that were bringing these children to Jesus because they felt bringing children to Jesus was, was not socially proper. Or, or that the children would be a bother to Jesus. Now, I, I do not believe that the disciples were being unkind or, or that they were being hateful or mean. I do not believe that. But I believe it was more like 
the disciples, disciples just had a desire to keep Jesus in his position as the renowned teacher. And these children were just too much of a bother. They would simply be in the way. I like the story that's told about Colonel Sanders. You know who Colonel Sanders is from uh, Kentucky Fried Ch- Chicken. He was on an airplane one day, and there was this mother holding this little baby, and it was well and for all it was worth, and she was doing everything she could. The, the, uh, the flight attendant came over and tried all of her little tricks, and this baby just would not shut up. And so Colonel Sanders went over and said, Can I hold the baby? And she said, Well, yeah, I've tried everything. The attendants have tried everything. So he got the baby, and he sat down, and he started slowly rocking this baby. In just a few minutes, the baby went to sleep. So later, as they were getting off the plane, one of the passengers said, We really appreciate all you did for us. And Colonel Sanders looked at him and said, I didn't do it for us. I did it for the baby. I didn't do it so you wouldn't be annoyed. I did it to comfort the baby. So, you see here, Jesus had a much different reaction to the children than the disciples had. Jesus did not say, oh, oh thank you, disciples. You, you shoot away all those pesky kids. Thank you so much. I'm too busy to deal with them today. That's not what Jesus said. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus was much displeased with the disciples. Commentators interpret that to say that he was indignant with them. He was even angry with his disciples. And this is not a picture, picture we often see of Jesus, especially with his disciples. We don't see it very often at all that Jesus gets indignant. But in this situation, when the children wanted to get to him, and there were some people standing in the way, Jesus got indignant with them. And the Bible says in Mark that he was very much displeased. You see, apparently the disciples should have known that Jesus had a tender heart for children. They should have known that Jesus would stop everything that he was doing to care after these children. You see, as much as Jesus had instructed them on why he was there to help the poor and the needy, to to bind up the broken heart, to deliver the captive, to eat with sinners, as much as Jesus taught that, and yet when the children are brought, they try to reject them. So, Not only does Jesus stop what he's doing here to talk to these children and to bless these children and to consider the parents, but he takes the time to explain to his disciples a very theological thing here that I hope I can get across to you this morning. Unless you come to me as one of these children, as these children have come to me, unless you do that, you have no part in my kingdom. You have to receive my love. You have to receive my commandments. You have to receive my correction as a little child or you don't get entered in my kingdom. Do you see the theology here? You see, one of the key characteristics of a child is that they are not self-sufficient. They are totally dependent upon their parents to, to care for them, to provide for them, to protect them. How much better off would we be If we learned better to depend upon God for our care and our provision and our protection. One commentator put it this way. The degree of childlikeness is the measure of your greatness. The degree of childlikeness is the measure of your greatness. Later in Jesus' ministry, when the disciples are arguing, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus has to remind them in Matthew chapter 18. And Jesus called a little child into them. And he sets them in the midst of them and says, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
It does seem so easy in our modern day with all our self-sufficiency to forget that we are children in the sight of God. Now, my statement is we are children in the sight of God, and there's two sides to that. There's, there's two sides to that coin. One is the very fact that we are His children. Now, that should put a smile on your face. John 1 and 12 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. We have all the rights and the privileges of being children of God. We are His children. Do you get that this morning? We have royal blood flowing through our veins. We are His children. He is never too busy to hear from His children. He is always there to provide for us, to protect us. He has never left us. He has never forsaken us. And He's not going to do do it now because we are His children. We are His children. He has never abandoned His children. You understand what I'm telling you this morning? The God of the universe, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the universe says, You are my child. Galatians 3 and 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I will love you. I will care for you. I will provide for you. And I will protect you. As a child of God, you are entitled to a royal protection plan. Do you believe in guardian angels? Psalms 91.11 and Hebrews 1 and 14 says that the angels are given charge over us to keep us and to minister to us. But I like what Matthew says in 18.10, just a few verses after he brings this little child and puts it in the midst of him and says, you got to be like this or you're not going to make it into the kingdom. In verse 10 he says, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Jesus brought a little child and set it in the middle of him and says, you got to be like a little child. And he said, by the way, I want you to know, if you come to me as a little child, you're going to have a special angel, uh, far exceeding all the rest of the angels, who stands at the face of God, a noble angel, and he's going to be given to you. Because you are coming as a child. You have a royal entourage this morning. Because you are a child of God. Do you understand what I'm telling you this morning? Do you ever feel weak and weary? Have you ever been tired and worn out? Or even been afraid? Perfect. That just means that you are a candidate for heaven. You are showing that you are a child. Or that you are childlike. So don't get down and discouraged because you're weary. Don't get disheartened because you are tired and you're worn out and you're afraid. That just means God said, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. Those that are well do not need a physician. He said, but you have come to me as a little child. That's perfect. That's exactly who I am looking for. You're not self-sufficient. So we have to have that mindset. When we are tired and we're weary and we're worn out and we're afraid. We are not self-sufficient and that's exactly what God is looking for. He said, I want you to come to me as a child. And so the second part. First off, being a child of God, we're exactly that. We are a child of God. But the second part of that is we have to act like we are children of God. And doing so, we've got to come to God like a child would come to God. Just yesterday, 
I know y'all probably get tired of hearing me tell stories about me and my family, but just yesterday, yesterday even about 5.30 or so, me and Logan were in the woods. It was just me and him, and we were hunting for deer. He had his crossbow, and I had my uh, muzzleloader. And I was videoing him, and right at dark, we were getting ready to get down, but before we could, about a 300-pound bear walked up to us. Within 18 yards, and there was no shot, it was directly at us. Logan was shaking. As soon as the bear turned around and walked away, we got out of that tree, and we went to the house. It was a big bear, and it was dark, or almost dark. When Logan got to the house, he was literally so afraid, and just his motions overwhelmed him so much, that he started crying uncontrollably. Didn't he, Rand? He started crying. He said, Dad, I don't ever want to go hunt for a bear again, ever in my life. It scared him so bad. But do you know what he did? He started crying uncontrollably. And his, it, Aranda was there. And, it, and we said, Bub, you got to calm down. He literally took off running and ran and jumped in my arms. Put his arms and his legs around me and said, Dad, I'm scared. We were in the house. The door was closed at that point. But he had such an uh, overwhelming emotion at that point of being scared. But you know who he came to? Dad. He jumped in, literally jumped in my arms, threw his arms and legs around me. I was a proud daddy at that moment because when my child was scared, you know what he did? He came to dad. And if, when you are afraid, when you go to God, you don't ever need to be ashamed of that. You are exactly what he's looking for. That is exactly the motion that he expects from you as a human being. Sometimes you're going to be afraid. Sometimes you're going to be worried. Sometimes Satan is going to be on your trail. But just as yesterday, I was so excited about the bear. But I was excited that my son, when he was scared, he ran and got in my arms. My seven-year-old jumped in my arms. So I want you to know when you are afraid, when you are scared, when you are worried... It's okay. That's exactly the childlike person that God is looking for. He said, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Welcome to the kingdom. Welcome to my childship. Welcome to it. You're just a human being. So, I love exactly what Jesus does here in Mark chapter 10. These parents, if you'll notice the scripture, they just wanted Jesus to touch these children. That's what the scripture says, to lay his hands on them and pray But I like what Jesus did. He did way more than that. The Bible says that he didn't just touch them. He didn't just pat little Bubby and little Sissy on the head. He didn't just pinch their cheek and say a few words over them. What did he do? He pulled them up into his arms. He held them. He loved on him. He laid his hands on them and he prayed for them. He blessed them. They got so much more than they expected. All they expected was a touch and what they got was a hug. All they expected was one little, nice little child. But that's not what happened. Jesus took him up into his arms. He turned everybody aside. He said, wait, I've got a child that needs attention. Disciples, back up. I have a child that needs attention. And so he pulls him up into his arms. I can just imagine as the, the arms of the Savior of the world wraps around some little boy or some little girl. And he holds them tight. And he speaks so tenderly to them. And he blesses them and he prays them. I'm telling you this morning, God, you're a heavenly father. If we come to him as children, he has those same words of love for us. He has those same arms of love. Those same touches of love for us this morning. Come unto me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, is what he says. 
Now, just yesterday, I know it seemed like everything happened yesterday. Just yesterday, uh, Randa was gone with Logan, and so it was just me and Luke there, and he was getting sleepy. And I was studying my lesson. I had a computer in my lap. And he said, Daddy, I want some milk. So Dad set his computer down. Dad stopped studying his lesson, and I went and got Luke some milk because he was getting sleepy. And he snuggled right up beside of me. I said, Bubby, you want Daddy to hold you? And he said, yeah. Big old smile come on his face. So that big old four-year-old crawled up in Daddy's lap and drunk his milk. He just wanted Dad to love on him a little. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever just been in a situation in your life where it would have been nice to have a hug? I'm telling you, the master stopped everything that he was doing and he rebuked his own disciples and said, I've got a child that needs a hug. Just wait a minute. They're afraid maybe. There's some controversy in their life. I don't know what's going on. But God said, just stop. i got to take care of a child. I want you to know this morning, you're a child of his. And if he has to stop the whole universe to take care of you, he will. He has those same arms of love waiting for you this morning. I felt that way, haven't you? Well, I just needed a... I just needed somebody to love me. Now, I'm not saying my, my family doesn't love me. And they don't put their arms around That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying at those points in your life where you just need some open arms to love you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He has never refused me. He has always been waiting for me. He's never been too busy to listen to me. God has loving arms waiting to wrap around us when we are fearful. When we are worried, when we are depressed, His tenderness is toward His children. Are you a child of God this morning? Well, hello. Are you a child of God this morning? Then this is available to you. There are arms of love available to you this morning. Paul says in Romans, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He goes on to say, the Spirit of God bears witness that we are the children of God. You are the child of God. And if we come to Him with that childlike humility and childlike faith, the everlasting arms are always there ready to give you a hug. To wrap His loving arms around you and comfort you. Sometimes this great big old grown-up boy has fears. Sometimes I have worries. Sometimes I have discouragement. Sometimes I have problems that are just too big for me to handle. But I believe that it, that is just evidence to God. Yep, that's my child. Yep, that's him right there. He is my child. I'm telling you, God has a tenderness towards children. And those of us who come to him as his children, we get that same tenderness. Now you remember in Genesis chapter 21 when Hagar and her son, they've been sent away by Sarah. They're in the wilderness. Their bread and their water is run out and they're about to die. Hagar takes her son and she puts him under a, a shrub to die. And the Bible says in ver chapter 21, And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. God heard the child's cry and responded to the child's cry, not Hagar's cry. Hagar was over there weeping her eyes out. 
But that's not what got God's attention. There was a lad, there was a young man, there was a child under a bush about to die from thirst and exposure. And when that child cried, Jesus said, whoa, 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 whoa. I heard a child cry. Hagar's over there pouring her heart out. You see, Hagar had not submitted to the authority of God. God had already told her, you go submit to Sarah. So her tears weren't exactly being heard. Her cries were not exactly being heard because she was not being humble like a child. But when that child cried, the God of the universe said, I heard it. I heard when that child cried. And this family was saved because this lad cried. I'm telling you that he loves you. I'm telling you that if you are worried this morning or if you are fearful this morning, maybe there's a situation in your life or your family that is beyond your control and you need somebody to love on you. And I'm telling you, he's the one. His arms are open. The heart of God is tender towards his children. So all you have to do is call on him. Let him hold you. Let him love on you. Let him show his kindness to you. And just as in this Mark chapter 10, you may get way more than you expect. All they expected was a little touch, a saying a few words from a prophet. But that's not what they got. They got a hug. They got a tender love. They got a laying over the hands. They got a blessing from the Savior of the world. You understand what I'm telling you this morning? If you want to come to the music this morning, I knew it wasn't going to be long. One day this, boy, this young boy was traveling on an airplane by himself to go visit his grandparents. And he was sitting behind, beside this man who happened to be a seminary professor. And this little boy was reading his little Sunday school booklet there. So the professor thought he would just you know, have a little fun with this boy. And he said, young man, if you could tell me something God can do, I'll give you this big shiny apple. The little boy thought for a second. He said, mister, if you can tell me something he can't do, I'll give you a whole bushel of apples. So I'm telling you this morning, just as he pulled those little children up in his arms and he hugged on them, and he spoke kindly to them. He stopped everything that he was doing. He rebuked his disciples. He said, hold on. There's children who need to be in my arms right now. Halt. Stop. There's somebody who is in need. Somebody who needs a blessing. Maybe somebody who is fearful or discouraged this morning. He said, hold on. That's my child. I've got to pay him some attention right now. So if you're in that situation this morning where you're tired... You're worn out, you're weary, maybe you're discouraged or even you're fearful. I got, I don't know how his arms fit around my neck yesterday because my head was so big. When Logan jumped in my arms, because he came to dad. When he was scared so much that he was crying uncontrollably, you know what he did? He came to dad. And I'm telling you, God's arms are open for you this morning. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what your fears are. I don't know what discouragement Satan has thrown at you. But I want you to know the master is on call. His arms are open and he is waiting for you to come as a child. Say, I need some love. I need some arms wrapped around me. I need some tender words spoke to me. These altars are open this morning. If you need a touch of the master, let's stand. If you need a touch of the master this morning... His arms are here. I'm talking to you this morning about 
in Jesus' arms. I can't fix it. I might could say a word, but it wouldn't be that helpful. If the Spirit of God does not convict you and draw you this morning, what I've said for the last 20 minutes is useless. But I know a man who has the word for you. I know a God who has the tender touch that you need. I know a God who has the loving arms that you need this morning. So whether you're saved or you're not saved, he's got it for you this morning. He wants you to come to him as a child. Humble yourself before him in adoration and say, love on me, God. I'm fearful. I'm afraid. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. But God says, that's exactly what I want. I want you to come in. You're not going to get in if you don't come as a child. So don't be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed of that. I don't know what tomorrow holds. It's okay. That's what his arms are for. That's why he died. So he could bear our sorrows and our afflictions and our infirmities. So come to him this morning. If you want God to throw his arms around you, meet him in this altar this morning. Let's come and pray. by his blood 
and I'm clothed in his blood. And someday I'll sing with the angels of 